Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You've, you've sort of heard rumblings that, that, that he's come off that a little. It doesn't have to be fully guaranteed, but all indications are for much of the process is he absolutely wanted that type of guaranteed money doesn't have to be full, but he would want the Watson Plus in terms of full guarantees. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It never is. I bring it for you guys 30 minutes or less every day. We have a show here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. By the way, I thought Even Money Podcast yesterday, talking about Final Four betting major league baseball betting the xfl and answering some of your questions was a lot of fun i would encourage you to check that out we're actually going to dive into on the fantasy feast podcast starting today some of these draft prospects from a fantasy perspective because you want to kind of have an idea for what the expectations are for them before they get drafted by teams because then it's all about like what situation they're in right so let's figure out what we think of them as players First, the biggest news in the NFL right now came out Monday, shortly after we finished recording. Lamar Jackson put it out in public that he wants a trade from the Ravens. He's requested a trade from Ravens. You know what I did? I got the single best Baltimore Ravens beat writer in the world. He's been covering them for a long time. Jeff Zrebeck from The Athletic. Nobody's been covering Lamar longer or better. Find out from him in a couple minutes what he thinks is going on, what he thinks is next for Lamar. So I was really excited to get Jeff on. You guys know the deal. Already tomorrow, it'll be a Greg Cosell Thursday, which means we'll have a spread the word winner via social media. Let's do a Facebook review again for Ross Tucker Pod. We'll have a sponsor confirmation email winner. And you know what? We're actually doing a live mock draft tonight on YouTube, and on at Ross Tucker Pod on Facebook and Twitter. So anybody that helps to spread the word about that, you're going to be the sponsor confirmation email winner. So I'm just telling you that right now. Anybody that helps us spread the word about the live mock draft tonight, which is going to be a lot of fun. It's me, it's Emery, it's Fran Duffy, it's Kyle Krabs. Mock drafts get intense, man. They go fast. And then, of course, the YouTube shout out. Love doing those videos for you guys. YouTube.com. Slash Ross Tucker NFL. Just subscribe, hit the thumbs up, reply to any video with a comment, and just say, Ross, I wanna 
I want to shout out for my brother, my son, my wife, my fantasy team, whatever. And you got a great chance to win. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right. Big fan of this guy and have been for a long time. You should check him out on Twitter at Jeff Zrebeck. And yes, I'll spell it for you. Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. Jeff, thanks so much for the time, man. How long have you been covering the Ravens? Uh, I started covering them in 2011. Um, my first full season was their last Super Bowl season. So it's been about, it's been about a decade, Rob. Got it. Awesome. All right. So let's start with what happened with Lamar Jackson on Monday. He posted kind of, what was it, really, like a letter to his fans in yeah. which he said the Ravens wouldn't aren't meeting his value and that he had requested a trade, you know, on March 2nd. What's your understanding of why Lamar Jackson did that now, if you have any understanding? Yeah, I mean, it was surreal because uh, I was at the owners' meetings and we're sitting there at John Harbaugh's table and it was already – um, you know, a situation where he had the most cameras at his table because of the Lamar Jackson incident. And he had to be 10 feet from the table when another reporter said across, hey, did you see Lamar's tweet? It had just come out. So, um, you know, look, Lamar's doesn't have a really uh, an inner circle, somebody that really talks and it kind of explains some of the, the rationale behind some of his moves. So it, it's hard to kind of interpret um, but it seems it did not seem to be a coincidence that that thing hit just as John Harbaugh was about ready to take the uh, podium or take go behind the microphone at the owners meeting. So I don't know if Lamar was trying to send a message, remind everybody that he was available, trying to put pressure on the Ravens. I, I mean, to be honest, it, it, it kind of came off as a little bit desperate um, just because. Look, Lamar's had about almost two weeks now to shop himself to other teams and to sign an offer sheet. You, you know, kind of the ball's been in his court. Um, and, you know, the Ravens uh, throughout this uh, have tried to accommodate different possibilities and, and looking into trade has been one of them. Uh, I don't think it's anything that they've ever been against, uh, but obviously it's going to have to work for them. So, yeah, the, the timing created a rather interesting uh kind of environment in, in, in the media room there uh, when John Harbaugh was talking, but it really doesn't change a whole lot, Ross, in terms of just the situation. There just has not been a market that's developed um, either in signing him to an offer sheet or, or, or a trade at the moment. Okay. I read this in your column, which I thought was interesting because usually, you know, a player like this says he wants to be traded. He really just wants his money. Um, which I guess is the first question I'll ask you on that part of it, Jeff. Do you think he really wants to be traded or do you think he just wants to get the contract he wants? I think the contract is the priority, but I also think there's kind of a frustration on both sides that, look, we've been at this for well over a year. Um, you know, without taking sides, obviously he doesn't think they're they're showing enough respect for him with their offers and how they've gone about things. And and they don't think he's sort of negotiating to get a deal at times. They don't think he, there's been any compromise from his side, uh, which kind of leaves you at the stalemate um, and, and leaves you with some frustration. But yeah, I don't think if the Ravens came to him 
with an offer that he liked, he's going to say no because I want to leave Baltimore. I mean, he's a very principled guy. He doesn't trust easily. Um, I don't know. I, I don't believe the uh, bridge has been burned. They certainly don't think so. Um, but obviously they're at a, a situation where – they just haven't seen eye to eye uh, with the contract for a while now. And, and it's pretty clear that barring a dramatic compromise, uh, it, it's just not going to happen. So th- that's kind of led to it. Okay. So then the other thing that you said uh, in your article that I thought was interesting is, um, well, you said that the Ravens are open to trading him and that they've, they've had discussions. What can you tell us? about your understanding of what the Ravens have been doing from a trade standpoint. Yeah, I mean, they've done their due diligence across the league uh, about his market, and I think a lot of that goes into what tag do you put on him, knowing what teams are interested, what teams consider trading for him. They've made all those calls, you know. Uh, they've they've worked it from every angle to try to find a compromise that works best here uh, for them first and, and, and then something that would be agreeable to Lamar Jackson um, but when I said that, I don't think that's their preference. You know, they want the guy to be the, their quarterback for a long time. Uh, but they also, you know, are not prepared to go prepared to go to the blank check approach to make that happen. So, um, you know, I think they've had no choice. If Eric DaCosta hasn't been trying to engage teams, he's not doing his job. I mean, the situation has gone on long enough and, you know, when you have a new offensive coordinator, you have no certainty who the quarterback is. You have holes on your roster. You really have hard time filling because of the cap uh, challenges. You know, you need to look at every possible option. I believe the Ravens are doing that, have done that. Um, and, and I just don't know how many options there are right now. As I said, Ross, I, I just, you know, I left Arizona last night. Um, you know, I, I, when I was at the combine in Indianapolis, I couldn't find a team that I felt like had legitimate interest. And I, I, I feel even stronger after leaving Arizona that there's not a team out there right now. Now, doesn't mean somebody can't jump in after the draft. Maybe, um, it doesn't mean, you know, there can't be a, some sort of development and change that, but I just don't know where that team is right now, Ross. Um, I, I guess my question, if they traded him, who would be the Ravens quarterback this year? Yeah, yeah, they, they were in on the veteran QB market. I think they would have loved to get a guy like Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield, but, you know, they didn't. And and this was kind of a tough situation to sell to quarterbacks because, you know, ideally everybody knows the Ravens want Lamar to be your quarter their quarterback. So, you know, people, players want a chance to come in and start, you know, so – um, right now, their quarterback depth chart is Tyler Huntley, uh, who we know is, has started a, a good bit the last two years, and Anthony Brown, who they had to play last year. I, I still think at some point they're going to have to add a veteran quarterback. Um, but this is sort of the situation, you know, depending on when they leave to, to let them, you know, say, you know, the Colts came in with an offer sheet. I can't see the Colts doing it before the draft. They're not going to give up that number four pick. You know, they'd probably wait till after the draft. So, uh, and the Ravens really don't have the draft capital. They have five total picks, none in the second round. So it's not like they can move up into the top four and get their guy anyway. So, yeah, they pretty much have what they have right now, Ross. And, and um, you know, they're. I would assume at some point, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or – 
Mason Rudolph or Wentz, or I'd assume they'd sign a veteran at some point to add to that quarterback mix. Cause even if it looks like Jackson's going to play under the tag um, or is not going to be going anywhere, you still have to get a guy in here to protect against an extended holdout and, and all that. So yeah, that, that would be, that would have been, uh, that would be the question if they trade him or let him walk, where's that guy coming in to be their quarterback? And there's just not a whole lot of options out there. What are Ravens fans saying right now, Jeff? Where where are they at on this? Ross, I think that's really changed in the last couple months. Um, in the beginning, I think the majority would tell them you hand him a blank. The majority would say you hand Lamar a blank check. He's the face of the franchise, you know, everything. You can't lose him. But man, I, you know, I, and this isn't just judging it off Twitter, as we know that Twitter's the, uh, you know, the 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 loud minority. But um, you could tell everywhere, you know, you could tell around town, people are sick of it. They're just tired of it. They want a resolution. I think most people still are in favor of Lamar Jackson being the quarterback. They want him here, but more off, uh, you know, more importantly, they want a resolution. They're they're tired of the constant speculation and trying to decipher between his social media tweets and the Ravens keep talking about how, you know, how much they want to keep Lamar and how confident they are. And yet there's nothing really changes in, in terms of the developments and negotiations. I, they're just tired of the whole situation. And, and it's, you know, they don't have a whole lot of draft picks and they've been kind of stuck in a cap. So they're, it seems like they're losing ground every day on kind of the AFC heavyweights, you, you know, as, as this goes on. And uh, I think that's a frustrating thing to the fan base. I think they're just ready to have some sort of resolution here, even if that means Lamar Jackson's headed to another city to play football. Do you think nobody's really engaged with Lamar because they think that the Ravens would just match whatever he signed? I think that's part of it. I definitely think that's part of it. And you could hear some of that in Arizona. And I I think, look, I think the Ravens organization, there's a lot of respect for the Ravens organization around the league as, as a group that does the right thing uh, normally treats players well and, and and pays their own players. And, and I think um, there's a sense of, they love Lamar. They know Lamar better than anybody. Eric DaCosta and Lamar Jackson, you know, grew close and yet they can't get it done. So how the heck are we going to do this? You know, like what are we going to do that they haven't already tried or they haven't been able to do? So, yeah, I would think that's one of many reasons. One of several reasons I would say that has sort of led to a tepid market. Obviously I think the price uh, and the fully guaranteed stuff. I think that's probably, you know, the first one. But, yeah, I think you could tick off a bunch of reasons and, and and a reluctance to get involved knowing the Ravens sort of have an opportunity to match any deal or knowing the Ravens have really worked hard on this and haven't been able to get it done. And it's just it's a difficult negotiation. It's a difficult situation to enter. And, and the Ravens know him best and, and have not succeeded here. So, you know, I definitely think there's some sort of, there's a reticence there from an outsider to jump in and say, okay, how are we going to get this done? So the Ravens, you know, I think I read Jeff that a year ago, you know, before his fifth year option he played on, they had offered him a five year whatever contract that uh, had 133 million fully guaranteed, 175 million guaranteed for injury, another 25 million guaranteed, uh, you know, practical guaranteed for injury. So almost 200 million dollars guaranteed yeah. for injury. 
Yeah. And then I guess this offseason, they've, they've offered him, according to Lamar, it seemed to be like three years, $133 million fully guaranteed. Did they offer him anything after his third year, Jeff? And do you uh, do, do my numbers sound correct? Like, do you have the same information that I've read in terms yeah. of what's been offered the last couple of years? The first contract you mentioned – Yes. And, and, you know, like I know Lamar kind of disputed it, but in their tweets about it, Schefter and Mortensen mentioned they reviewed a copy of the contract. So, uh, you know, like that's pretty obvious that they saw the deal. That was the offer. At one point, Lamar Jackson did tell a reporter the Ravens offered him in the neighborhood of the, the 180 in, in terms of the guarantees. So yeah, that's that would have been made him this. That was the second biggest deal in NFL history, right behind Watson. Um, the three, the the what was it, the three for one thirty three? I think you mentioned fully guaranteed. He tweeted uh, something about yeah, that recently. I have not. I you know like I know a bunch of us. We've tried to decipher kind of sometimes with Lamar and his Twitter. I didn't. I didn't necessarily interpret as that. What that's what he meant. To be honest, just my opinion. Um, I thought he meant only the first three years of that deal were were fully guaranteed. And then there weren't guarantees after year four and five. So I can't confirm that exact offer. What I do know is they've, they've tried multiple variations of deals, short-term, long-term, different guaranteed money, different things. I think they've really tried to get creative to find a way to bridge this gap between what what the what Lamar wants and and try to give in on a few things that he has to have while compromising on some of their own um, things, but yeah, they still haven't gotten there. It's clear the the amount of guaranteed money that they've been willing to offer just hasn't matched what he's looking for at this stage. What does he want? I mean, that, I think that's the question. Like, does it does he have to get the Deshaun Watson deal? Does it have to be fully guaranteed? You've, you've sort of heard rumblings that, that that he's come off that a little. It doesn't have to be fully guaranteed, but all indications are for much of the process is he absolutely wanted that type of guaranteed money. It doesn't have to be full, but he would want the Watson plus in terms of full guarantees. Interesting. Do you think, Jeff, because I had a tweet yesterday at Ross Tucker NFL that um, just compared him to Josh Allen. Yeah. And they're the same draft class. So even if you say, okay, well, Josh Allen was the seventh pick and Lamar was 32nd, even if you just look at the last two years since they were eligible for a new deal, Josh Allen took his after the third year. Lamar's played two more years without it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff, he's never making that money up. And, and I guess Not my question bad. is like, I know he's represents himself. Is his mom involved in these negotiations? Is this Ken Francis? Like, does he have someone else that he talks to about these things? What do we know about that? Yeah, and you know what you mentioned earlier, and I didn't kind of answer part of the question is the one thing I would like to know better. I don't have a great feel for is how much did they go to him after that third year after Josh Allen got his and say, "Let's get this done. We'll give you a little more than Allen. Let's finish this." Now, DaCosta was mentioned that offseason. He was asked about it. And he mentioned he'd kind of talked to Lamar about how this is going to work, the negotiations, some of the periphery stuff about it. What I don't think we've ever gotten a good answer on is 
did the Ravens ever make him a strong offer? And really, how hard did they try to get it done that offseason? Because obviously, that's on them if they didn't make a stronger attempt. And that's led to some of the issues later. Now, if they tried to, there's been a lot of times in these negotiations, Ross, where he just hasn't wanted to engage. He's just not been ready. He's just kind of kept them at arm's length and said, yeah, I'll get back to you. I'm, I'm just you know, I'm good. I don't, I don't really want to talk about it. And that's sort of how it's been an approach. And then he'd approach them and say, okay, I'd, I'd like to let's go now. And that's just sort of how it's worked. They've kind of gone at his pace at that thing. So I can't say for sure after that third year with the, you know, after the Allen deal got done, how aggressive they were. That's something I think we have to learn. I think that's something that I would love to hear DaCosta talk, you know, you know, talk more about. Um, but yeah, you know, look, it almost feels like you're always going to be chasing that money, right? I mean, and even now when the question is, does he play on the tag? Uh, is he going to leave $32.4 million on the table? I, I mean, and not play? I, I don't know, but he's very principled. But he has a very tight inner circle. I don't know about Francis. I, I didn't know about Francis until a week ago or whenever his name. You know, I've heard some potential names of – people kind of in that spear and, and business spear that he, he may rely on a little bit. Um, I know he's leaned on the NFLPA uh, for a good part of this. Um, you know, they're advising him, um, you know, in a lot of ways and, and the Ravens are negotiating directly with him. And I also know he very much trusts his mom and, and the really tight family inner circle that he has. So I think it's a combination of a couple people uh, that he's really leaning on with the NFLPA also uh, kind of pitching in and trying to direct him a little bit and, and, and make sure he gets a, few, a fair deal. Last question, Jeff. What what do you think happens? I mean, I know it's pretty hard, but I'm sure people yeah. ask you every time they see you, yeah. what's your answer to them? Like if you had to predict, is he play on a long-term deal for Baltimore? Does he play on the franchise tag for Baltimore? Does he get traded? I mean, it's got to be one – or does he not play at all? It's got to be one of those, right? Yeah. You know, my prediction would be that he's going to have a decision to make, uh, Ross. And, and, um, you know, July 17th is the last day he could field multi-year offers, right? And I think he's going to have a decision to make on whether he's willing to play on the tag and and come in – how is he going to approach that? I don't have a great feel for it. My guess is $32.4 million is going to be too much to pass up, and he's going to play the season under the tag if I had to, if I had to guess. Um, you know, I think the Ravens will keep asking around, keep seeing if there's interest. I think Lamar will kind of shop himself in his way and try to get an offer sheet and force the issue. But as I said, I, I, just, I just don't – Indianapolis, Indianapolis – sh- you know, could be the team. I just don't sense they're all in. I sense they're still considering it, but they're kind of on the periphery there and it's just not their preference. Um, and they'd really have to be shut out on a guy they want in the draft to even consider it. Um, and then that puts the Ravens in the tough spot because we're, we're thinking an offer sheet after the draft, but either way, I just, I'm not been able to locate that team that I think is really serious about getting something done. And it's going to take a lot of effort, energy, commitment to get something done uh, given the difficulty of the negotiation. So 
my guess is we're going to be talking about this for a while longer because because there's going to be no team that comes to the forefront and the ball's going to be in Lamar's court on what he wants to do. When does he show up? Does he sign the tag? Does he plan to play? Um, does he plan to sit out until late August um, and then show up and, and, and get ready for the season, which would be really difficult for the Ravens when you're installing an entirely new offense? Um I think that's going to be on the table, Ross. I, I really do. I, I just think he's going to have a decision to make on whether he's willing to play this season under the tag. It seems like that's where this thing is headed, barring another team suddenly getting aggressive in, in these talks. Check him out on social media. He is your go-to guy for everything going on with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson at Jeff Zrebeck, Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. Thank you so much, Jeff. Take care, Ross. And thank you so much, Labatt Blue Light, for being our official beer sponsor. You want to take any party, any gathering to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. I'll be drinking them Saturday night, watching the Final Four. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Tux Takes. All right, Ross, we'll start with the topic of today's episode. Lamar Jackson announcing that he requested a trade from the Ravens on March 2nd. So I had a tweet that's like, I don't know. I don't know what's considered viral or not, Jack, but it's gotten a lot of attention because I started to think about how much Josh Allen's made. They're the same draft class. And even just the last two years, when they both were eligible for a new deal, Josh has made $67 million. Lamar Jackson's made $25 million. He's $42 million behind just over the last two years. He's never making that up. I mean, he'll make up a little bit when he gets his big deal, whenever that is. But think about, like, the interest on that. That's why I said it's sad. And, of course, there's always hundreds of people Oh, yeah, man, I feel so bad for a guy that's made $33 million. Oh, yeah, get some perspective, bro. Listen, I've got plenty of perspective. I'll never make close to that much money in my life. Not even close. But I want every player, especially someone like Lamar, with the physical risk he takes, the injuries he suffered, how good of a player he is, the good he could do with where he's from in South Florida with that money. I want, I don't want the owners to have the money. I want the players to get the money. I want the players to get as much money as they possibly can. And I don't think Lamar is doing that. I mean, he's so caught up in the guarantee for the last couple of years of this deal that he's been taking on the risk on the front end in the present. I mean, I, I just don't think. There's no chance if he had an agent and he listened to the agent that we would still be in this position. I don't think he has a great feel for what's happening. Ducks takes. The Falcons signed defensive lineman Calais Campbell. Well, first of all, he's an unbelievable person. Awesome player still. And I like that the Falcons, they're being kind of sneaky aggressive in free agency. I think the Falcons think, Ritter's going to be pretty good and that they have a chance to win that division. You know, the Falcons are kind of trying to sneak up on some people here. Ducks takes. The 49ers sign offensive lineman Matt Pryor. The Bills sign safety Taylor Rapp. And the Raiders sign wide receiver DeAndre Carter. 
So Pryor has a lot of experience at several different positions, both tackle spots, both guard spots. You can put him in a game, and he started a bunch of games, but you're kind of always going to want to have somebody better. Probably like me, to be honest with you. You know, where honestly, like I would start, and I wasn't the reason why we would win or lose a game, but you'd probably rather have somebody better than me starting. Same with Matt Pryor, but listen. He, he he can get it done at several spots. That's valuable. Taylor Rapp, I'm a little surprised that there wasn't more interest in him. I mean, he goes to the Bills where they already have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I, I don't really understand that one. I mean, I, I thought Taylor Rapp was a starting safety and he could go somewhere where they need a starter. And then DeAndre Carter, is uh, he had a good year last year for the Chargers. I'm a little surprised they didn't try to bring him back. And I like the Raiders getting that speed element. Tucks takes. The Bengals signed tight end Irv Smith and cornerback Sidney Jones. You know, the Bengals, I mean, obviously they're not under the radar like the Falcons are under the radar. But I do kind of like the way the Falcons, I mean, the Bengals, they just keep signing guys. I mean, Irv Smith, that's a heck of an opportunity at tight end there in Cincinnati. Sidney Jones obviously has some ability. You know, the Bengals know that they've got a unique window here with guys like Chase and Burrow, et cetera, and some of the guys on defense in their prime. Tucks takes. The NFL announced that players will be allowed to wear number zero starting this upcoming season. You love stuff like this, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why do you love this? I don't know. I just, I don't know why I've always been big into jerseys and helmets and uniforms, all that stuff. But I always have. I was talking about the other day. I'm not against the rule. I just feel like it's going to look weird. I know like some teams in college have the zero, like Oregon and stuff, but it's going to look weird seeing number zero on like a wide receiver or something. Well, Calvin Ridley already announced he's going to be zero, uh, which I feel like will look a little bit weird. I, I feel like zero looks good, like on a big D lineman. But I don't think linemen are allowed to have it. So that stinks. Um, do you love the Eagles' Kelly Green? They made the announcement that they're going to wear Kelly Green once this year. Yes, the Eagles – well, specifically, I like the 80s color Kelly Green. That's my favorite uniform of all time, tied with the Chargers' 60s powder blue. Those two are untouched by any jersey in any sport. So I'm a big fan to see those back this upcoming season. I very much agree about the Eagles Kelly Green. That's like that's how I grew up, right? It's just such a beautiful color. I always thought it was my bias because I was a kid when the Eagles had those uniforms, but you weren't even born yet and you feel that way. So that makes me feel better. Love it. Don't have any time to get to an email question. Make sure, please check out our mock draft live tonight. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Mock drafts are intense, man. You get on the clock and like you kind of know who you're going to take and then the guy before you takes him and you're like, oh, crap, what do I do now? You guys remember the one with Greg where Greg goes, oh, well, you screwed me again, Ross. So we'll see what that's like tonight with the mock draft. Should be really fun. Hopefully you guys check it out either on Twitter or Facebook or on YouTube. It's going to be live at 8 o'clock tonight. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporticulture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, go-bangles.com evergreen economics back schedule.com and the glorious my front page story.com just handle your anniversary gift or an upcoming birthday or 
perhaps it is the best Mother's Day gift you could ever get any mother. Just go ahead and get it now. Why not? Get it out of the way. Myfrontpagestory.com. Make sure you use the code RTFP10, though, so you get 10% off, and they know that I sent you. Other than that, Greg Cosell tomorrow. Fantasy Feast will be awesome today. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.